2: Wake up in the morning feeling
0: like. Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hello, tryhards. Hello. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego slash Danielle Waterman? Um. I'm back in Rome for a fleeting
3: 24 hours before hey, I, I can't keep up with it. Yeah. I have had a busy, uh, busy week. Um, I mean, it is only Monday, but like, <laughs> um, last week, like the, since we recorded the pod <laughs> week. Yeah. Although it was a very fabulous week last week because I had my brother, his partner, Lucy, and my niece, Ava here, um, exploring the streets and cobbles of Rome, um, yeah, I mean, I I probably did need a a learner sticker on the um on the pram when I was dashing with her, making car noises, and nearly cr- like yeah, yeah, nearly the wheel fell off on one of the cobbles. But it, we we but survived. Like, I mean, like, Three wheels.
2: We <laughs> fell off. or the wheel fell off.
3: No, the wheel did actually oh, okay. fall off. <laughs> And I also got to babysit her one night and she fell asleep and she was like, I was reading her stories. It was really, she's got a dinosaur book, which she absolutely loves. So we were reading that and she just fell asleep. And I was like, cause I'd sent my brother and Lucy off cause they don't get many evenings. I thought, right, yeah. we'll treat them to a lovely evening. And um, they had drinks on the terrace upstairs and food in our local Trattoria. So it was all lush. And um, so she went to sleep and I was like, uh, a dreamy like kids are easy and then at about half past 10 she was like coughing and I thought I'll go and see if she's all right I went in anyway she fell asleep on me so I was like oh I'll kind of roll her over because she just couldn't go to sleep and I've kept it all really quite dark I was like oh she's quite warm um, and then realized the warm wasn't her it was actually a very full nappy that was then all over my clothes <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> then there was tears and we were trying to you know she did wake up a little bit and I realized that with all of her curly hair she I could I, I couldn't stop laughing she
2: looked like a little fraggle all of her hair oh. was everywhere you realize that I'd say probably minimum 50% of our listeners do not know what a fraggle rock is so the <laughs> reference of a little fraggle is going to be lost on them but very cute so google it how was the London Stadium on the weekend you did Queen oh looked amazing mate I'm not um I'm not like you when it comes to
3: you know stadium nausea yeah, all right <laughs> I kind of think oh this is nice and I mainly look at it and think oh I would have liked to have played on that great uh great carpet as we say in the business yeah. <laughs> um but when I arrived I met Brando floor producer for BT Sport he was so excited he was like do you want me to show me the change show you the changing rooms and I was like uh yeah all right anyway when we it's the away one and I was like well ah, it's okay it's like a typical football stadium it's got like leather seats and all that type of jazz which I decided I don't think I'd want as a rugby player because you get very sweaty ah. um, yeah not not not, not um no yeah, not comfy anyway um and then he was like oh okay let me show you in the home home change room it wasn't a changing room, mate. Eh? It was like it was like a penthouse apartment with five beds.
2: It had a full size gym in the there. Like set out is branded for the NFL.
3: No, so they have their own. We didn't even go into the yeah. NFL one. Um, and I mean, this was quite close to kick off. There were players like milling about. Luckily, they like had their clothes on. Um, but there, there's a full gym. There's like a like a physio suite the changing rooms, there's a whole like analysis part, like it's unbelievable. It's like a center, like a center of excellence is the changing room. <laughs> that is um, and then he was very excited to take me out into the tunnel. I went up into the tunnel and you, uh, there, you go up a ramp and the pitch is there. And I, I, like, it is cool. Like anytime I've, you come up into a stadium, um, been fortunate enough to do it a couple of times in France and, like it seemed, they seem to do it a lot in, in Europe yeah. and when there's a crowd and an atmosphere you really feel like that kind of gladiatorial sense of like I'm going into battle like it's really cool um, but he was saying he was like jump on it and like nothing happened apart from my boobs wiggled everywhere but he said <laughs> he said the top the rugby pitch splits in three slides underneath one of the stands where it's got lights and all that type of stuff to help the grass grow and then underneath is, um, I think it's like two and a half meters down, is an NFL pitch. The um, uh, the tunnel drops. Um, and so it's at a totally different height, which means the side of the pitch is a totally different height. And it's because, um, because there's so many people in an NFL touchline. In rugby, we often have seats that are kind of reasonably close to ground level. Um, and it doesn't really matter because there's not many people apart from annoying um, people doing O2 inside line, filming yeah. in, in the way of everybody. Um, but yeah, so because so that they, all of those people don't block a significant proportion of the crowd, the crowd often is up and overlooking the pitch. Like it's just, yeah. that's what I said. And so honestly, the, the technology behind it all, I was like, it's class and you can see Like, he thinks it's one of the best in the world or the best stadium in the world in terms of what it's got. Um, But it is impressive. It really is. And the multifunctional use of it and the fact that it's got NFL and football, two of the biggest sports in the world. Um, And then actually, to be fair, the best bit about it was there was some band at halftime and I literally stood there eating uh, Maltesers, um, just watching a band play, going wild.
2: (laughs) That brings us neatly on to um, last weekend where I went to park my car at the Principality Stadium ahead of going to Cardiff Farms Park and drove down the ramp into the stadium and there were a gaggle of women uh, blocking my way into the underground car park at the Principality. So I give my horn a little toot to ask them to move out the way and they spun round and I you know, realised one of the women I knew. I was like, get out the way, you silly cow. And she looked at me blankly and I shouted again, Liz, it's me. Get out the way. You Kira know, Bevan's mum, who I have spent you know quite a lot of time with over the past year, saw a lot of her and rich in New Zealand and, uh, you know, went to a few Bristol games last season, Wales games. You know, I count them as friends now. And she just stared at me blankly. So I tooted the horn again and, and leant out the window. I had the roof down on the car. Liz, it's me. She walked around to the side of the car peered over, stared me in the face and went, I don't know who you are. And I... I can't can't explain how taken aback I was in that moment. Then all of a sudden, I hear a massive screech and around the corner from behind a pillar walks Liz. So now I've got one flanking either side of my car. And that was the moment I found out that Liz Bevan has an identical twin sister called (laughs) Who I had been tooting my horn at, shouting expletives at. And no, she didn't That's know. Amazing. Honestly, it was like, I felt like I was the, the evil stepmother in the parent trap. <laughs> Meredith.
0: Sisters, Hallie, we're like twins.
2: <sighs> I thought you went somewhere on Sunday as well. No, I was everywhere.
3: Riselip. Where's Riselet?
2: Um... <laughs>
3: in england in england it is in, is england. It in england it is in england oh, yeah. um slip. i um. it's quite a funny name really i was at Rise lip rugby club with guinness um and uh filming a bit of content luckily made a good choice of footwear having a black leather boots on um because was going to wear the white gucci's but um we were filming out on the pitch which was mm. um yeah classic grassroots pitch in the mid to late March. Um rather boggy. No, it was amazing actually. Like the girls were awesome. Good crack. Um there's a lady called it like they've only there's a lady called Eva that I got to chat to who's now like the um kind of head of the programme and the team only set up in 2019 and then it's mad. They were literally like seconds away from their first game and then the COVID ban came in. It was like oh, bang and didn't get to play, and then it was really cool. So they get forty, about 45 women to train. Wow! Yes, mate. And it's down to the work of like Aoife and a couple of the others that did loads of social stuff over COVID. Um, and there's a lady called B who wasn't there for training. She just basically rocked up and she's like, yeah, I've just come for the food. They great um, chicken stew, boiled potato. Um, they... She started, how old do you reckon she was when she started playing? 17. 50, mate. She started playing rugby at 50. She's now 54. She, I I genuinely thought she was my age, which probably says more about what I look like rather than her. But um, yeah, like they've got three women, I think, in their 50s. They were class. Like they were absolutely class. Um, and next week they've got their first ever promotion game, uh, like, um. game, like for promotion against Ealing. And I was talking to them. Um, it's a guy called Terry who used to sponsor us at Wasps, and he's now sponsoring them, and he's lush, like absolutely lush. Like came over and was like, "Hi Nolly, do you remember me?" I was like, "Yes, Terry." Like absolute lad. Um, anyway, um, he was saying that their biggest rivals as a club is Ealing, and so the fact that this promotional game, this promotion game, is against them is class. So big shout out to them. Although on reflection. We do obviously have ties to the pod with Kimmy and Giselle. I was going to say, Ealing. I feel very
2: torn here, mate.
3: I don't know whether it's Ealing Trailfinders. Are they different? I'm yeah, they sure. are different.
2: But I feel okay. like we couldn't do that to Kimmy. So, um, a, a great reminder from the women at, at Rise Lip to hashtag never settle. Um, but I'm back in Ealing. Sorry. Sorry, girls. Mate, you absolute savage. Yeah, I'm a savage. Leslie, keith's bringing a new show to our computer screens and tv screens via six nations youtube this week and i was helping him out with that on the weekend at Carlos what's Arnold it up. called recharged
3: oh i, let say, I it's don't know if i'm logo. allowed to tell
2: people that but i just have so it'll be live on youtube on wednesday morning it's being edited at the moment we were at the Arms Park content gathering. I was very lucky to have Kian Tukey, who is one of the students on the Cardiff Met broadcast postgrad. Um, but I do a bit of work on um, really, really great young bloke who I'm sure will be stealing my job from me in years to come. Um, but it was amazing to see so many people there. And I think the big thing for me, it wasn't It'd just a crowd, was not it? Yeah, and it wasn't just that there was a big crowd there. It was a really diverse crowd. There were loads of men there. And it's interesting because, you know, we complain about diversity and too many men in so many scenarios. But this is the kind of place where it didn't fit. It felt like a real 50-50 split. And not blokes who were bringing their daughters and blokes who were coming with their wives and blokes who were supporting their sisters, girlfriends, you know, whoever in the game there were groups of men who had come to watch an international women's test match. I've not, I haven't seen that. That's new. This, this feels different. You know, it's not tagged on to a men's game and they're there. They have decided, bearing in mind that in Swansea, there was a Welsh regional derby taking place. They had elected to come to Cardiff and watch an international test match of women's players. And it felt massive, but the, the queue for the ground so there was a big walk up i think on the weekend because it was the first nice day we'd had and people i i went out to to watch the the fans coming in on the north side of the arms park and i turned to Kean and i said oh this is brilliant they're queuing up to the gwyn nichols gates and he went oh no they're not and i'm thinking kian i can see them And he went they're queuing down Westgate street and the queue stretches as far as gate three now for context who for those who don't know it, that's about 200 meters of Westgate Street, was a thick queue of people to get into that game. Uh, and I mean,
3: I mean, you've, you do have to question if they did, they just have one um, turnstile open. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't millions, yeah. there wasn't millions of people arriving. I mean, it was 4,000, but I mean, yeah, but that's, that's
2: three and a half thousand more than we were seeing pre pandemic. C- contextually we are we are at what i'm not very right, good sorry,
3: at that. sorry well, i uh, can't get, can't give you banter about welsh crowds sorry no, but it's, <laughs>
2: it's all that we get for a regional game in that stadium
3: no mate, it looked great it looked great on tv and i think the, my only thing and i've noticed and i've said it loads of times is you're absolutely right about celebrating groups of men because i think we're really really good at celebrating um young people at the games and inspiring people, the kind of inspiration piece for women being coming to games. Um, but I don't think we show enough of men in the audience when photographs are going out on social media still. And if you look at a lot of the coverage, there's still not loads. And actually, I think we said it around the World Cup, that's the one thing that they did really well. They got loads of shots of blokes in the crowd with the poise, having a beer, whatever it was, absolutely embracing the sport. Um, and the, the occasion and you know having a laugh and I think that's just probably the next thing that people need to think about is that if you show that then it becomes it's not like an embarrassing thing as a group of blokes yeah. to be like we want to go and watch the women's game it's just normal because it's being shown as
2: a normal thing to do. Um, I think as well I'm noticing yeah. how much more engaged men are in the game so examples of that you know after the game we vox popping fans asking questions on camera and i'm asking young girls you know who stood out for you who's your favorite and they've gone because they want to be involved in it but they still they still don't know who their superstars are there's still a disconnect there whereas the men knew the players names and that's what really got me the men had a familiarity where they're clearly they they'd watched world cup games and they were Talking about the game in a different way to how I've seen in the past few seasons. You know, that one bloke I spoke to and he said, you know, um, yeah, you know, a, a brilliant first half from Wales, but they're gonna have to keep that for 80 minutes against Scotland next week. And I was like, All right, pal, <laughs> we're all rugby fans here. prove out <laughs> Um, and that was really different. And I also you know, after the game, I got a text from my dad. You know, my, my dad is more engaged with women's rugby because of me, because of us, all this kind of stuff. But my dad texted me straight away after the game and said, how's Gwen Crabb? So oh. they they were watching it in the pub. You know, and, and there was loads of sport on, on Saturday and they watched that game in the pub.
3: And, yeah, that- no, it I is. And, and actually, in Britain, we like team sports and successful teams. And let's be honest, you know, given all of the negative coverage, like the fact that the Welsh girls won, you know, if they can back that up next week, that's that's huge. I have my opinions on that game. Um, why don't we get but-
2: into it, Danielle?
3: Yeah. Um, you're talking about name, knowing names and knowing uh, players. The fantasy tryhards league does that, doesn't it? Eh? I'm getting beaten by Gary Jenkins, who, annoyingly, I looked at his team because I wanted to know how he'd got all his points and why he was ahead of me. And um, I, he went with Marley as his captain and I went with Amy Cocaine. Ah. Um, and that was my downfall. We both, we both went for Sean Ed Harris as our super sub. I'm sorry, Gwen Crabb, about your injury. I really hope it wasn't, isn't bad, um, but of a chef from Shona to get
2: me plenty of
3: points for my fantasy
2: i will TV. say we'll, we'll reserve some fancy chat for the end of the pub because i also want to talk about pick four um oh well,
3: i played bad
2: four did you right sorry yeah i wondered why you weren't on the pick four try hardly
3: <laughs> yeah I, it's, it's quite an elite tournament actually the, the one the thing fight. i
2: will say though uh, <laughs> with regard to fantasy with regard to gary jenkins um, there are some question marks around someone leading the league. Uh, Gary seems very het up about it. Now, for the context of those listening, Gary Jenkins is a well-known rugby producer. He produces the World Feed for Six Nations matches. You know, he's, he's a well-connected, important man. And I had texted him about a few things of the coverage on the weekend. Didn't reply to any of them, but did message me this morning to tell me that it's inexplicable that the person at the top of the league has got so many points and he wants to know how and why. So <laughs> I'm glad to see he's taking things seriously. We'll revisit it at the end. Oh, let's no.
3: Call. Before before we do it, let's get people to sign up because it's the Hards League and my pin code
2: is 103712. Okay, that's the Hards League.
3: Yeah. If you haven't
2: played pick four, you can join that and I think you just search Tryhards for that. I'm not very good at this thing. But... Maybe
3: I'll do that for next week.
2: Oh, brilliant. <laughs> We'd love to have you on board. If Fab Four can, can do without you for a week. Um <laughs> Let's talk about... Wales the Island, uh, the game that kicked off the tournament this year. Uh, bonus points secured within the first half for Wales. Five tries by the end of it perhaps dropped off a little bit Towards the end of the second half, a uh, great crowd at Cardiff Arms Park, as we've mentioned. Have to say there are tickets still available for the England game. There is a vicious rumour doing the rounds, but it's sold out. It isn't. There are tickets still available. What was your take on it, Nolly? I think the big thing that stands out for me is Ireland looked like the only team that didn't go to a World Cup last year. How much are they at risk of, of securing a wooden spoon this season in this tournament?
3: Yeah, they 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 didn't look great. Um, they showed some glimpses in the second half. They've got a bit of pace about them in the backs. Um, they've got individuals that are good in the forwards that kind of shone in different times. Nicola Friday took a try well, like was good in the lift and stuff, but in in the lineup, sorry, but um, I'm not surprised. Well, we talked about it last week. I'm not surprised that they didn't perform given the number of really senior players and very talented players that are in the sevens. I think... What was impressive from a Welsh perspective was their, their presence and physicality and defence and their line speed and understanding the difference of when you need to go and get someone versus when you need to connect. And actually, they really put Ireland under pressure. Because they just got off the line, but then completed their tackles, and because they because they were getting whacked behind the game line, they weren't. I think Ireland, if they can get quick ball, will do a little bit of damage, but they just couldn't because Wales just seemed to be really quite connected in their thought process. Not necessarily when I say connection, not necessarily in a line, but in in their thoughts in terms of what we're we doing, which is good, and it shows that progression from the World Cup, I suppose. The other side of it was their their shape and attack. And I think they're really, you know, there's a lot about the back plays and they've got different options. And I think that was quite really quite impressive at times. And I, I really like that. Like last year we talked about Last Six Nations talked about how like their general skill set had improved. There's there's an extra layer to that now. And it shows I think what's in what Joanne Cunningham and his team have done is they're layering what they're doing and their learning process. And they have, you know, don't get me wrong, there were times that it came unstuck and you know, they've still got a bit to go. but like yeah I, I was overall really quite quite impressed um it's good to see uh is it Kate, Kate, or Katie Williams, the Kiwi Williams, that? Yeah. yeah, she was involved, wasn't she at World Cup, the Kiwi, but then didn't actually get her first cap. Was she, a, did Kiwi. her dad come over? Yeah.
2: So I, so Carrie Morris, um, who works, she's embedded within the Wales squad, and and if you don't uh, hop on to the WIU YouTube and watch the her story um, kind of mini documentary pieces that are produced each week, you are missing out. Um, huge congrats to Carrie for the work that she continues to do there. But she was filming with Kate and her dad who had flown o- over he's a he's a born and raised Swansea boy and then after Kate was born the family moved to New Zealand and, and he came over to watch her get her cap at the Arms Park this weekend and obviously an incredibly special moment and I I heard him in his interview with Carrie after the game say that it was the second greatest day of his life Um, the first being the day that Kate was born that's nice it is but Kate's got a brother so <laughs>
3: oh that's savage that's really tickled me oh brilliant
0: Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: One person I want us to have a a word on is um, Cecilia Tupoloutou, who, her reaction to getting player of the match, she is the the sweetest human being. I don't know what it is at the moment with um, these young front row players coming through who are beast mode on the pitch, but then are just the sweetest girls off the pitch. In that category, I would also put Maudmure. They are just lovely little things, aren't they? One well, that they're not little things, but I Yeah, they're
3: very strong big ladies. Strong
2: big <laughs> girls. And um I, what I thought was quite interesting with it is she yeah, you know, she hasn't been playing front row for all that long. She was a back row up until about two seasons ago. They struggled to work out where she was going to, where she fit, what what kind of position she was going to play. She's playing tight head. She's doing well, um, but obviously she is very young and Joanne Cunningham is managing that game time. They gave her 60 minutes and that seemed quite a conscious effort with the workload that she had. What did you think of her performance?
3: I, I think she's, you know, being at Gloucester, Heartbreak, um in that environment seems to be really suiting her um, you know she took her try really well and you kind of look at her and you think makovunipola type of player you know the hands and that type of thing i suppose for me and this isn't a criticism at all it's glimpses are really good at the moment and glimpses of understanding what her body can do because she's going to be a powerhouse she's already strong for her age but she she doesn't use that yet she did when she took the try and so and there's moments in the games um and I think to put into context some of the scrummaging um you know it's brilliant and it would have been a fantastic confidence builder for her to to do what she did but she was against an 18 year old debutant Lou said for Ireland and and that is a very very different story to coming up against you know the other the other nations so it isn't this isn't a criticism at all this is just like a I think what I really really hope is that the Welsh public don't all of a sudden hang everything onto her and be like oh she's this absolute superstar and then she starts making mistakes and doing few things that she should do as a young player um and 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 then starts really losing her confidence like she needs to be protected around that and I think that that's you know it was really lovely. She got player of the match and her response was awesome. Um, but I just, would, I don't want the weight of the game to go onto her yet and the weight of Wales because, um, I mean, she's got big old shoulders. She, but you can tell those types of players, you know, she reminds me very much. I, I don't know her, but some of the things that she does, she reminds me a lot of about Sarah Byrne in terms of how she, you know, really cares a lot about what she's doing. She, you know, she's very passionate about the game. Um, I think softy off the field. Um, but yeah, I, look, I, yeah, one thing I, I can't believe true. with Wales is the fact that they've got... I mean, and it really showed. And, and maybe this is where the cohesion... Because the cohesion came from 10 of those players from Gloucester-Hartbury. Karen Lake, Hannah Jones playing together at club. I think where the disjointed part was in the outside channels. Kaylee Powell out. Courtney Keat has been playing really well at Bristol. Um, and just she didn't quite connect with Karis or... It's Lisa Newman, isn't it? Um, and and so if that happens, I think they'll really take some of their attacking play to the next part. But you could really see some of the stuff that the Gloucester-Harvey girls were producing. They're around some really talented players in that squad. They're performing. There's a lot of confidence coming from the Premiership and that kind of showed In the way that they, you know, they got stuck into Ireland. Um, I
2: think the last word on Wales um, probably has to go to Alex Callender, who um, dedicated a try on Saturday to her mum, Don Cal, who passed away in January after a really long battle with cancer. And I think um, it's been really interesting listening to Joanne Cunningham talk about the way that the squad have got around her um, this year. A really young girl um yeah I I just think it's really impressive that she's she's playing how she is smile on her face and and doing her best for that team and and it sounds like the team are doing their best for her off the pitch as well so um well done Al and um everyone's with you and um and I'm sure your mum would be incredibly proud of your performance last weekend
3: it was really impressive to see her perform and um yeah very tough situation but one of the benefits of being part of a, a sport like rugby and a team sport is that you've got wonderful people around you and yeah sounds like this it, that's really cool to know that they're supporting
2: it on to newcastle we travel up to the northeast of england for england scotland and the sarah hunter testimonial match as it it felt <laughs> through the coverage on saturday if i'm honest um it, it's amazing to see the send-off that center had it was amazing to see the emotion on the pitch in the crowds from him and dad which was so so special um Gabby Logan crying in studio at full time I thought was uh was you know showed how oh, much shit. yeah she Gabby started talking you know Gabby's got uh how old are uh, Ruben
3: 18
2: yeah so so uh, her twins are 18 you know she's spent the past few years driving them around to rugby hockey netball football whatever and she was talking about the sacrifices that parents make and the work that parents do to get their kids to sport and and how it means so much to their parents when they see their their kids perform at that level and she she got really tearful and her voice went and she and she started having a little wep on screen and i thought it, you know it, it showed what what you know it kind of meant to people up there and and you know what i i find amazing and i mean this with the, the greatest amount of love to all of these parents who watch their their children play but why are you filming it on your phone it's on telly like <laughs> just recording no,
3: what are you gonna do um, with that video no sunter's dad had an old school camera like he had an actual camera <gasps> taking a photograph of his daughter leaving the pitch I, I just saw it the was images
2: spoke. are getting better photos than you Papa Hunter yeah, but why so
3: remember, remember she's played for 16 years? 16 years ago, they had to take their own. There wasn't yeah. professional photographers, and there wasn't even probably mobile phones or cameras. I don't even know. But it's not. Really yeah, so you know, another part, although um, I didn't see the after um the the coverage, I just watched the game. I was quite tired after commentating and um Saw a clip on social media that Hannah Bottomman put put up, and it was on BBC Sport saying when you're trying to escape your boss at work or something. Uh. And Gabby is doing this final like chat with Sarah Hunter, like about you know all that type of like really big interviews. Like obviously all the coverage that's going on. And Hannah Botterman is crawling along the floor trying to not be in shot. But because I Gabby's to one side, she, she
2: appears at the start of
3: I saw it way. as a
2: quote tweet first. So Hannah Rogerson tweeted it initially, like filmed it off her TV. And I follow Hannah and then somebody had put going, oh, would love to know who that is. And I, and I read the would love to know who that is before I watched the video. And I clicked on it and the hood is over the head. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's bots. That <laughs> is... Lots of thought, right, <laughs> if I do this, they're not gonna see me. And then the director has cut to the widest angle of that studio to see them the crawling along the floor. <laughs> <what he> <laughs> Brilliant.
3: Oh, you know what? It was um it was really good. Like I I enjoyed the coverage. It was great to see um I mean obviously I listened to the podcast, Sarah Bonner in studio um with Sonia and Mo um doing a little bit of a um a shot to them. Um Yeah, I think it was it was quite special, I suppose, to hear Katie Daly McLean chatting um, in comms about Centre. You know, they I think they got they get their first cap together. I think they might have even got their first cap together. Um, Both Northern girls, um, you know, gone through a lot, uh, you know, as mates, as captain and vice captain. So I think that there was a there was a couple of moments in the game that she spoke about her. And there was a part and like you could hear her voice cracking a little bit um but yeah to get that ending um on the back of utter devastation last season um is is as close to a fairy tale as she will get and and you know I I've been blown away by the coverage um I think someone at um England Rugby is a fan is a fan (laughs) of Sarah (laughs) the Instagram coverage is um was is still I don't know I feel like it's yeah it's a it's a lot but um but absolutely richly deserved 141 caps for your country um especially the way that she plays body on the line like shoving her head and breakdowns um yeah it's i'm sure probably a mad it's going to be a mad few days and it'll be interesting for her to see the six nations play out now um it's difficult. You don't want to say it's a shame that something like that happens because you. It's brilliant, but there were some new caps. There were some like yeah. great storylines coming out of that game that kind of got a little, obviously a little bit overshadowed by it. And yeah. um, so I hope that those players and the game, like obviously now, can continue to like you know pick up the up the momentum um, but yeah I mean, I'm just a bit gutted but you know what I can only imagine what it was like to run out at a full Kingston Park given the fact that that's where she went to sold programmes and that's where she went to watch you know and she's a proper Geordie her dad's a proper Geordie when you hear really, him speak because I was down working when England um, had their first test match at Sandy Park and that's not a home ground for me, really. Mum goes down and raises money for, like, charities, so, and it's 20 minutes from her now, but it's not a club. It's not, like, extra isn't a club I grew up with, like my dad played for bar. But I got quite emotional seeing it, thinking because it was one place I would have loved to have played. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a shame that um, Butlins only has a 5 or so side football pitch, because actually a testimonial <laughs> game down there
2: <laughs> would have been great. You're an idiot. <laughs> but what a weekend that'd be for the six nations i know i'll tell you what france are talking about because they can't play at Stade of france next year they're talking about taking them to the new camp i I, you know let's find a holiday park (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about that actual game um you know the kind of was it a game
3: was it a game
2: it was the kind of england romp that we've come to expect but i i do wonder having watched it back this morning I feel like we say this all the time, but I'm not sure that that scoreline was reflective of the performance. And certainly from a Scotland perspective, they came off the pitch with their heads held pretty high in regard to them looking pretty optimistic. They played really well. They were incredibly unlucky. And in that first 10 minutes, you know, the kind of the kind of England defence that that keeps players, you know, the way that England get off the line and stuff kept Scotland out. But Scotland had a number of try scoring opportunities that they just couldn't, couldn't get over the line, quite literally. <laughs>
3: um, no, I, I agree. I think actually um, they produced some really good stuff and they found some chinks in the English armor, which is a, which is a credit to them. Um, good to see uh, Emma Raw, who I've been a little fan of since last year, play well, obviously didn't get her try. They looked good in parts, Um one of their wingers, um, unbelievably fast. I can I didn't write down her name. I should have done because I was really impressed with her. But given the fact that they had Rona away, who else have they got away? Uh, Lisa Thompson, which you know, and yeah, my two, favorite player. Yeah, um, the Tongan. Um, yeah, I, I was really impressed. Actually, like really impressed, and it's. It's how do you take that performance, which you know you've got to do against the likes of England, into other games, into against other teams. I suppose England, you create opportunities against a team like England and it's one shot, one kill. Like you have to take it every single time to get anywhere close. And I think that that's what we're seeing with this the progression of the Italian men in that they're taking their points from games against teams which is keeping them in it which is therefore um, p- applying pressure in a different way and making other teams stumble um Scotland didn't do that to England at times and you know they did absolutely buckle in defense unfortunately England was like way too powerful just and it was good to see England moving the ball and shifting it about it that's kind of folly Atcherson's game. Um, when she stepped into ten, um I'm interested to see how teams defending the now now they've seen her play, and the fact that um Amber is potentially out. We don't know she's had a scan, I think it's on her knee, so um Amber will have been doing a lot of talking would have been doing like she's so good in that scenario That said, Tatiana came on and played had an absolute blinder, you know scored an unbelievable try. It's just they're both great players, very, very different. The experience that Amber has in that back line, you cannot, you can't quantify that. When people are watching it, they won't see what she's doing But in terms of the, and, and you know, a distribution, the timing of her inside pass to Claudia for the try is absolutely awesome. So hopefully she's all right. She's had to battle a lot of injuries, been good, really, really good at club. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how teams um defend them because when pot when holly goes to do a big shift pass she slows right down but she's also really quick so if you don't defend her she'll get through the gap
2: so i mean, yeah, I, I think that's an that's a fascinating one for me what well, one thing i'm quite intrigued by so sarah has played one game that's it she's done we've got no scars amber reed could be out for the rest of the tournament could be out for the next couple of weeks poppy Cleal went off injured wasn't weight bearing at the end of the game if that's serious that's a huge loss to them abby ward's not there will teams now look at england that looks so different to England at the World Cup and think that there's a scalp to be taken?
3: Possibly. I mean, but saying that, like the players that they England can pull in, like all of their bench could start. So it's just then the next
2: group but in. Then that's cohesion as well then. So they might yeah, be that's... Like world-class rugby players, but how cohesive yeah. are they gonna be?
3: Yeah, and I, I think the big thing for me is who's going to be the talkers on the field, who are the ones that are going to be chatting, and I think Marley will absolutely do that in terms of revving them up, getting them, um, getting them going. Like she obviously was outstanding at the weekend, took her try as well. Although you could see the hookers wanted to have the ball transferred in that more. Normally the hookers do. If Mar- Marley didn't want to do that, she wanted to score them. <laughs> Rightly so. She got in there um, and she's great for my fantasy team. I should have made a captain. Um, but I, yeah, it's tacticians. It's the ones that are calling the little plays on phase, you know, so that they don't get bogged down. All of the bits and pieces that say you don't necessarily see, but are the ones that you feel when you're on the field. And then you don't understand, you go, how is this all going wrong when those players are removed? Because there's not that. Um I think there's a lot of talent coming through. It was nice to see Langy Tuima back. She hasn't played for England for a long time. Um, you know, given the kicking duties, fair play, she had to step up um with Amber off. So yeah, it it'll be interesting how England responds. Um, the talent is there, but I think, like you say, it's cohesion, it's the it's the leadership. I have no doubt that they will absolutely keep performing and do really well. It's just if teams can stay with them and apply pressure on the scoreboard, or if teams can manage multi-phase defence against England. You can manage multi-phase defence against England. That's not something that they often go into. They don't go past four or five phases because they've either made a line break, they've created a penalty situation because they've created so much momentum the defence can't get back on side so they're offside or... they put pressure on where people come off their feet in the breakdowns because they just can't slow the ball down. So, England pre- apply lots of pressure in lots of ways. So, if, if a team can stay with them in that in that kind of middle third without getting kicked into the corner, line up, catch and drive, then yeah,
2: be interesting. Okay, right. let's move on to the final game of the weekend um, Italy France. Uh, a word has to go to Nick Heath for the commentary line of And Jouer they go, which. I creased, and he says that he did it by accident, but I still think it was the funniest thing I heard all weekend. It really- <laughs> um, it was Italy is so frustrating. Like <laughs> Italy men, Italy women, they just fill me with like absolute frustration constantly because I just want them to win. I want them to do well. It was a great get. The first half was a great watch. How much the weather make a difference in the end to Italy? Had that rain not come down, do you think they could have taken that French scalp again?
3: Yeah, possibly. Although their bench was torn apart at set piece, so like they stayed in it because their, you know, the starting players were all right. But you saw the saw the effect of losing Batoni, the really experienced prop. You know, the fact that she's not there, she plays a huge. She played a huge part at the World Cup and the and the set piece being successful as a real pillar for them um they looked good they look fitter than they ever have done um they just yeah it like and frustra- frustrating is exactly how i describe it um and i don't know it's some of the stuff they do the speed of when they get good quick speed of ball at the from the breakdown um there's some quite clean crisp passing like they they were one of the only teams I think we said last week One of the only teams to score first phase at World Cup. And so it's like when it's on their terms and they know where everyone's going and they know kind of have a bit of a plan and a structure, they look really good it's when it goes a little bit off curve and then it's like everyone goes a little bit mad <laughs> it's like mad five like mad five seconds <laughs> like, and then the ball gets dropped it gets like a rubbish kick that's not kicked on their terms and I suppose coaching the Cavaliers coaching the Italian boys I I know exactly what they're like as as rugby players and, and I always say to them you know absolutely be Italian but for us it was it's 50% Italian 50% English and trying to get that that structure around them is what um has allowed us to be a little bit more successful
2: it's also um, almost what sean edwards has done with that french team that that french men's team in terms of taking that jouet jouet flair but bringing that english composure and structure into those bits where things do go off kilter a couple of words on france is it that italy are getting that much better or, or did french the french look off the boil to you last weekend
3: I thought they were bang average, to be honest. They really were like at times. The 12, Vernier, best player on the part for them, I think, in terms of consistency. She nearly got two absolute belter 50-22s. Just off the cuff, like bam, just kicked it. Um, took her try really well. Offensively was good. Fantasy team played well. And um, Bourdon looked all right. Um, not seeing her, the standard she set a couple of seasons ago. Don't like Manager in the centre. She's, I don't understand. I don't understand actually how she's got as many caps she's got and that's quite rude but i also but i she doesn't speak english i don't think so that's fine she won't listen to the pod <laughs> we haven't quite got a french translation then um, sorted other languages are available i'm
2: on i'm on day 90 of my duolingo oh, so. yeah.
3: well done. Thanks, mate. in what language
2: french that's the point is i'm that, saying
3: oh, is that so we can do a french pod i won't be talking about manager if we are talking about french yeah, we, if we are talking in French. I, you know, I was impressed when Tramulia came on. She kind of grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck, kicked, kicked well, it was raining, it was rubbish. She just looked like a really senior player. They just didn't look like they had, like, the seniority that they have and they own, um, which is interesting. That said, at times, they absolutely demolished the Italians, you know, especially at set piece. Um, are young, front row that kind of comes on um and they, like battered them like absolutely yeah poison. but I don't like they had so much territory so much possession and just didn't seem to capitalize on any of it really Bouchard is one of the funniest players to watch she's like um she's just very angry the way she plays like she's like all like every time she gets a ball I I envisage like this little bubble bubble above her being like
2: i think it's really french she reminds me of um when um fanny horta got injured in the sevens and she had to have her head taped and they taped over one of her eyebrows so she drew an eyebrow on the tape but (laughs) it would match her other side when she was angry so that like when she scowled so they weren't at the same height but when she scowled they were and i still it's one of my favorite things ever 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 ever
3: that's so good Um, we are fast
2: running out of time here
3: but well, just on eyebrows, one time we um, got a little bit bored. We were in camp for way too long. And um, Heather, unfortunately, with her alopecia, had lost her eyebrows. So for a training session, we decided to draw them on and see if anyone noticed and no one really did. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever, I've ever done in training, in training. I couldn't stop laughing. And we sharpied them so she could get them off. It was all done in jest. It was very fun. With with
2: Heather, not, not um, good. I'm glad you didn't pin her down with her baby no. i could
3: mate have you seen have you seen the girl well, I know. Okay, no
2: so, right i before we finish this podcast because i've got a date with a carvery and the joneses um i want Ooh, toby no off brand um i want your biggest tip for fantasy this weekend
3: no because i'm not winning all no, right jenkins is doing better than me
2: okay i want okay
3: my tip is um look so not all players are available which is annoying because there's a couple of players i wanted to have in there but hopefully they will appear this round um not all players are are appearing in their current playing position that's so that's my tip use that to your advantage
2: question i've got that i want to end the pod on are we going to see a grand slam this year i just want a word yes or no
3: yes i think england will get the grand slam but I think the second, third, fourth group, I I think there's going to be a a reshuffle. I think France definitely look beatable. It's it's, can the likes of Wales, Scotland and and Italy, so basically all of them except for Ireland, can they they put together an 80-minute performance and a little bit of luck go their way I think we'll see a few upsets, which is huge. That third spot is huge for the context of this season and WXV and their opportunity to play against the big guns this summer, to tour New Zealand, to get up in the mix, experience what it is to be up there, stay up there. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's quite hard to call, actually.
2: On that bombshell, try hard. We'll see you next
1: week. Bye it.